Welcome to My Favorite Haunting, the podcast. I'm Mel. I'm Ames. We're here with episode 52. We don't have a theme this time. I don't think so. Last time, didn't we do like episode 51, the pandemic episode? I don't think we did that. No, we didn't say that. No. (laughs) That's what it was about. (laughs) But it was. We didn't do that this time. That's okay. It's totally fine. It's still about ghosts. It is. There are ghosts. There's some history. Yep. Always some history. Uh, Probably a lot of ad-libbing. Why not? I mean, anytime I open my mouth, pretty much I'm ad-libbing. Well, that's just speech, right? (laughs) (laughs) Just talking normal. Good Lord. Okay. We're going to get this done quick for you guys. It's going to be 20 minutes. It's not. Each. (laughs) Yeah. And then 20 minutes of and then two 20 minute segments of just pointless banter and babbling. Sure. Because everybody loves that. Everybody's all of the reviews and comments. That's always everybody's favorite part. Exactly. That's not true. That's a lie. (laughs) I like have I feel like most people probably understand our sense of humor. Mm -hmm. But the people who are reviewing do not. (laughs) No. She said that's my favorite part, and it's not my favorite part. <laughs> like. Sarcasm much? Sorry. <laughs> not sorry, though. I'm sorry that you don't you like it. Feel that way. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> jump right in. Let's jump right in. Can't comment on anything because I don't know when I'm going to post this one. So <laughs> I want to be like, how was your Halloween? Oh, it's not Halloween yet. Technically, when we're recording this. <laughs> anyway. Hey, do you have a story you'd like to tell me? Yes, I will stop you from rambling. Thank you. And tell a story about Just take ghosts. my microphone away. <laughs> Honestly, just get up and come over here and take Grab it away. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I wasn't serious. Come on, give it back. Damn it. <laughs> really? So I did... The Glore Psychiatric Museum in St. Joseph, Missouri. So, a little history on the place. November 1874, the asylum opened with 25 patients and room for 250 more. Dr. George C. Catlett was the hospital's first superintendent. Like most early asylums, it was a self-sufficient facility Um, where they had a farm where they raised crops and livestock and, you know, basically did all their own work and they only had to basically buy salt and sugar, they said. (laughs) They they made everything else. I mean, if they had had the foresight to build on a salt mine, it'd be one less thing that they'd have to worry about. Exactly. In 1979, the hospital experienced a devastating fire Hey guys, I'm so sorry to butt in here real quick, but uh, I have to interrupt Mel because she misspoke when she said 1979. We're still back in the 1800s, so keep that in mind. It's 1879. By then, 470 more beds had been added. About 700 plus patients were uh, left without a place. I was actually came across like the city like investigation of what happened so people like had sworn testimony of what was going on it was just it was fascinating to read that like I couldn't go through all of it 
but it was just interesting to like they had plenty of time to get like evacuate everybody and there was also a document where they were proposing plans to like get funds for more construction and what they needed to run the facility you know bedding and all that making a wood shop or you know different things like that and one thing they wrote the year before in 1978 1878 was they needed to add two stairwells on the end of each wing to help evacuate people for fire safety and the next year they had a fire why does this scenario sound so familiar in my life right now (sighs) but it was it was just fascinating it was like the year before they were like give us money to buy stairwells <laughs> or to build stairwells i don't know what the conclusion was i don't know if they got the funding i don't know if they built it or not but the fire started like there was a wooden structure above the boilers to hold some kind of coils or something and that caught fire that's where the fire started i mean that just sounds all kinds of and the floor above the boiler room was wood too so we were just essentially not even tempting fate just throwing up like a a giant Mm -hmm. laser beam saying come get us Uh, basically and they had sufficient water to put out the fire but they didn't have a pump to pump the water after the fire oh come on after the fire reached above where the tanks sat they couldn't pump the water higher in the hoses oh so you know uh, i mean it sounds like our pandemic right now we have the resources (laughs) we just not quite not using them because okay i'm sorry no no soapbox today <laughs> yeah so i thought that was that was fascinating stuff i was reading that like later it came across it i don't even know how i came across it but it was like the fire marshal sworn statement like, like the reports and stuff yeah i, I love like, reading those things i was like it's so detailed and specific yeah. and like he knows what he's talking about and all this stuff is like i don't know it was fascinating Anyway, back back to the point. Uh, In 1880, they rebuilt quickly, so it reopened. And in addition to the mentally ill, it also started admitting tuberculosis patients, syphilis patients, alcoholics, and patients with physical disabilities. So it was basically your all-around catch-all for everyone. In 1903, it was given the more politically correct name State Hospital Number Two, <laughs> instead of uh, I think it was State Asylum. I love how all of these places kind like of that. follow the same formula. Yeah, Did it also much. become a nursing home eventually? No. Oh, breaking pattern. Okay. Um, not. Oh no, it's the, it. It follows the other pattern. Oh, okay. I don't know if you. Know. I think I think <laughs> I think I got it, but um, tell me your story, anyways, just to make sure. Oh, it's coming. (laughs) Early in the 1950s, the patient population had grown to nearly 3,000. 1952, the name was once again changed to St. Joseph Hospital. It was around this time that a man named George Glore came to work there, and he would later become director of the hospital. In 1966, George built some life-size models of primitive devices formerly used for mental health treatment or display during a mental health awareness week. So uh, they put all these things like there was one called the wheel. It was basically like a big enclosed hamster wheel and you had to either keep walking or be perfectly still in it. 
or it would move. Hmm. It was was really weird, but it was like instead of having open sides, they were like all closed off. And I was gonna like say that they like lock them in. Yep. And, oh no! Yeah, and, I mean, could you just sit down and take a nap? Because it would start moving if you move. Oh, and then it just keeps moving. Yeah, like your movements kept making it go. Like it was like that d- delicate of a balance on it or something. Thing sounds awful. Yeah, I don't like it. <laughs> yeah. That was, like, one of the biggest ones that was there. And then, like, there was these weird, like, slatted cages and stuff. No. That all sounds terrible. Yeah. So, yeah, he was uh, trying to show people, you know, how far we've come, even in the 1960s, how far they have come from Mm -hmm. what they used to do. By 1967, he had opened his collection to other professionals and to the public. And the small museum was housed directly in the asylum. Uh, It became the largest and best single exhibition explaining the evolution of mental health care in the United States. It's named one of the most unusual museums in the U.S. During the 1960s, the hospital began gaining a reputation for being haunted. In the 1970s, the hospital began to downsize in order to concentrate on treating the mentally ill. Patients who suffered from other illnesses were transferred to other hospitals for specialized treatment. After George's retirement in the 1990s, he continued to serve as the museum's curator until his death in 2010, and then a man named Scott Clark became the curator. By 1994, the state legislature again approved funding for a new downsized and modern building for the psychiatric facility, and it was located right across the street. And the facility opened in 97 under the name Northwest Missouri Psychiatric Rehabilitation Center, if that's not a mouthful. (laughs) And then the former building, which housed the museum and hospital, was taken over by the Missouri Department of Corrections. Fun! And turned into the Western Reception Diagnostic and Correctional Center. And today it holds about 600 criminal offenders who are in treatment for substance abuse. Hmm. Yeah, so... Prison rehab. Exactly. That's what one of my other ones that I did, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but it was in the New York State Finger Lakes area. Mm-hmm. That was the same. That happened the same thing to that one. I remember that one. Yeah, I was like, "Oh, I picked another one. This went the same direction." <laughs> the Glore Psychiatric Museum was moved to another building on site, and its current home was built in the 1960s and served as both an admitting building and health clinic for hospital patients. It was also where the hospital morgue and autopsy rooms were housed. The morgue is actually still set up as a morgue, and I think it's still functional. Like, I don't think they actually have people there, but I was watching a video that was, I thought it would be relevant, but it wasn't. But the lady mentioned something about not long ago. It was, there was some kind of incident. I can't remember if it was illness or like an, a bad accident or something where they, their county morgue facility was overflowing. Like they needed somewhere to put people and... They took them here because they were. It was still operational. I mean, all you need is a refrigerator, right? Yeah. A morgue is essentially a giant refrigerator. See, that's why I can never work in a morgue because I'd store my ice cream in the little <laughs> drawers. Like, who wants <laughs> frozen pizza? I got one right here. In Don't mind the eyeballs. Number seven, huh? Don't mind the eyeballs. <laughs> is that sauce or leftover blood? You decide. Oh. (laughs) That's gross. I'm the worst. Okay. (laughs) 
So, yeah, that's all for the history of the place. And we can move on to the hauntings. So, of course, there's um, the typical voices and footsteps. Um, some of the voices are specific, like a woman's voice asking for help, whimpering and crying, and overhead pages from, like, when it was running as a hospital, like, like over a, like a loudspeaker? Yeah. Like people would hear that. Dr. Smith, report to the ER, Dr. Smith. Yeah, something like ER that. Report to the ER stat. But more like electric shock room. <laughs> oh, yeah. Psychiatric. <laughs> I mean, I was just, you know, spitballing. And there's also apparitions. A shadowy figure of a man is one of them. Uh, visitors and staff often report seeing the ghostly image of a woman wearing a flowing gown. Or people notice a passing image in their peripheral vision. And um, there's also the apparition of a man running along the basement hallway and shouting, Why are you here? Get out. For some reason, that makes me think of the fire. Like, everyone get out. What are you still doing here? Get out. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. I don't know why, but that one makes me think of the fire every time I read it. (laughs) Like, there's also the feeling of being watched or just not being alone no i don't like that and the morgue area is the place people claim has the most activity of course a woman is heard whispering and people have heard their names called when no one else is around and then moaning and whimpering sounds are also heard down there and the feeling of not being alone specifically down there too so there's a story of a patient when it was still a psychiatric facility that would interact with spirits. And she would often write poems and songs and create artwork based on the impressions of the activity she witnessed in the building. So all of, I won't say all, most of the activity that was associated with the original hospital building seems to have moved with the museum to its new location. You know what that is? That's haunted artifacts. Mm-hmm. Cursed object. I've been watching a lot of Supernatural lately, you guys. <laughs> the Missouri Department of Corrections, them specifically, report no activity occurring in their space that they occupy. Would they, though? Residents say different. Yeah. And we'll get to that in a little bit in the personal stories. <laughs> yeah, but the museum, as well as the rest of the building, continues to report activity. So everywhere that the Department of Corrections is not being housed, still report activity. So the DOC is full of shit. <laughs> I didn't say that. Well, I mean, I said it, but I just was suggesting. <laughs> I was merely offering an alternative theory. <laughs> but they're full of shit. George himself has also claimed witnessing some of the activity, but it doesn't say specifically what he saw himself. But he's not around to ask anymore. Mm-hmm. Or is he? Maybe he's that shadow guy that, like, wants around. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Moments like this are when I wish that we, like, video recorded as well. <laughs> Just for that face exchange. <laughs> face exchange. Expression exchange. Whatever. We made faces at each other. <laughs> we always make faces at each we other. We do. I'm not, it's hard enough to edit just sound. Yeah. I don't want to do video and sound every time. 
Okay, so now I have some accounts from people posting like reviews on different places and also a, a paranormal investigation groups. Group? One group. Just one. Just the one. Called the Paranormal Activity Investigators. That's their name. That's the name of their group. And we have a post to their website on their investigation. Is their acronym pronounced PI? I don't think so. Oh. Pay? Paranormal? They, they didn't refer to themselves in speech, so I don't know. Pay? I like pie. <laughs> Dean Winchester also likes pie. I've been watching a lot of Supernatural. <laughs> Obviously. <laughs> So they report um, findings that they have, and they also had a video up of part of their investigation, and they have EVPs posted up on their website. So beautiful. We can, you can go, we'll put up that link, and you can go check them out. They're interesting. So they saw shadows in the tunnels, and they kept hearing a child saying help me on the third floor mostly what the video is about like they kept like listening at this door and they kept on hearing stuff behind the door and they finally opened it up and i don't think they opened it on the video but they wrote about opening it up and it was just like an office and they thought that it was like like heating an air room like because they were hearing noises and then they were hearing voices and they couldn't figure it out. But it was just like an office with a desk or a couple desks and some chairs and stuff. Like nothing. And they didn't just like set a recorder and leave it for a while? It was locked. It was a locked off area. Oh, they had so to they go, didn't get somebody. They had to go get somebody to open it once they like, they kept hearing it and like everyone would take a turn listening oh, at the I door see. and like everyone was hearing it. So then they got someone to come unlock it. And it was just a regular room. And no one was there. So one of the investigators had a feeling of being followed. And they f kept feeling cold spots in the basement. They have EVPs. Most of them occurred on the second floor of the museum. Some of them I could hear. Like, I could hear what it was, what they said they thought they, they heard. Mm -hmm. um, but then other ones I just was like, I don't hear a single thing, so yeah. I'll leave that to each of you to listen to at your leisure if you want. And on that video that they have posted, I couldn't hear, like, the video camera didn't pick up any of the sounds that they were hearing through the, the door. So that's just their say-so, but, you know, I think there was, like, four of them, maybe five. They all took a turn, and they all heard it, and they were, like, all freaking out, like... Oh my gosh, I heard it. There's someone talking in there. And the fact that they all heard it, that's mm -hmm. very telling too, as opposed to just one person or two people. The whole group is hearing something that's pretty yeah. indicative of. <laughs> yeah. Here's a review I came across on TripAdvisor. For some reason, TripAdvisor. I love reading those reviews. TripAdvisor reviews like always pop up when I'm looking for information. It is interesting. <laughs> Most of them. Don't have anything to do with hauntings or anything, but once in a while, someone's got something. Yeah, those are my favorite. They're <laughs> so fun. So this one says, I love Supernatural and shows about real-life ghosts, such as shown on Ghost Hunters, 
but this place has an evil feel to it in some areas. Nope. And then there's... Um, Haunted is okay. Evil is... Mm, that's a little scary. So there's the... What is this? The Haunted... I think it's called Haunted Places. Like, it has the U.S. map, and then, like, it gives just a tiny little blurb. Yep. I and know then the- people can... Right there. Have you experienced something at this place? Write it below. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about. So sometimes I get good ones off of there. Yeah. They they, sometimes they have good ones. So Teresa says, This place is haunted. My husband is in the treatments facility part of the prison, and a lot of them see and hear weird stuff. Kim says, My fiance is in the treatment facility also, and he works on the overnight crew cleaning. He told me about a night that they were up on the fourth floor cleaning and him and another inmate heard tapping on the window. And he said they also hear whispering or people walking and no one will be there. And no one was there. I don't like that. You know, that is that a vampire tapping on the fourth floor window from the outside? (laughs) Let me in. (laughs) Then Delaney says, went through the museum, talked to several female spirits, and a male who is yelling at me to get out on the fourth floor. Just takes the spirits a bit of time to warm up to you. Great place for mediums like me. I was going to say, is she a psychic? I, I was like, when I was first reading this, I was like, oh, is it one of those stupid people that were being like, oh, yeah, the ghosts talk to me all the time. Ha ha. You know, have you come across those? No. No? No. This, more than once I've had, like, people like... Write it out like it's a real experience, and they're like, then they're like, ha ha, really funny, like, kind of like, they're joking. People are dumb, man. And then I'm like, oh, okay, like I, maybe I you should have started too. with I'm a medium. Yeah, well, when she's like, <laughs> the the guy was yelling at her to leave. I'm like, that sounds like a, that sounds like she's a psychic, a medium, mm-hmm. spiritual communicator. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one, spiritual communicator. That that just makes me think of like Star because Star Trek they have the communicators on their chest. <laughs> they do tap it and yeah. you can put it on the ghost channel. So Amanda says she went here with her parents, both skeptics. The basement was a little creepy, but when I first put my foot over the threshold on the top floor, immediately got cold chills and felt that someone was whispering to me. I kept feeling like I should leave as soon. As we left that floor, I felt normal again. Heard some unexplained creakings behind me in certain areas. Wish I had brought a tape recorder. A tape recorder? Remember tapes? <laughs> the only tape I have today is scotch tape. <laughs> gorilla tape. Is that by the makers of Gorilla Glue? Yes. Wonderful. <laughs> it's a quality product then. Is that what you use to wrap up the bodies before you put them, hide in, the them in the wall? Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> that way they don't move. Yep. Good, because, strong tape. Very yes. durable. Yeah. Keep those arms and legs together. Oh, yeah. Could even tape them to the inside of the wall. Oh. So they stand up. So they look like, um, I was going to make like a spider web analogy, but that's not accurate. But kind of like if Spider Man were to like shoot yeah. a web and like you plaster it up against the wall. Yeah, like he does that in the cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but it's gorilla tape. Oh my god. So it's Gorilla Man comes 
and shoots his web of gorilla tape. I'm doing this the web shooter <laughs> <laughs> motion. It's just a roll like a there's like just the like <laughs> comes like spiraling out and like <laughs> this is a visual joke. Yes. It's, it's not good with audio only. <laughs> no. <laughs> not really working okay anyway moving on okay so um <laughs> veronica says uh her husband is in the treatment facility and yesterday i don't know when she posted but the day before she posted he was sleeping and his bed started to shake he thought someone was playing a game so he quickly jumped off the top bunk and looked and nobody was there he picked up the blanket on the bottom bunk and looked under the bed and no one was there and he said there was absolutely no way anybody had time to escape the room in the amount of time it took for him to jump off the bed. When he told her, she decided to look up this place on here and saw other people's experiences. And then the last one, Deb says she was on a ghost hunt at Glore. My friend and I sat in the rocking chairs in the hallway and we heard faint calling, light and gurney wheels rolling. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure. If that was a typo or if that's what she meant to write. But it says, faint call, light, and gurney wheels rolling. But I can only <laughs> There probably was supposed to be like a comma in there somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Or wait. No, call light. A call light. Heard a faint call light? Oh, no. <laughs> so, so, yeah. So it doesn't make sense. <laughs> I, I, I kind of thought that too at one point. But then I'm like, wait, heard? Like, I don't know. It doesn't make sense. Heard a faint call. Maybe she meant to write like, but I don't know why she would have put like, like gurney, a faint call, like gurney wheels. I, I think it's know. a faint, heard a faint call, comma, saw a light. Maybe. <laughs> and heard gurney and wheels. And heard gurney wheels. That would be my brain's autocorrect, but yeah, we don't know. That's just, we only know what she wrote. Yeah. So. And that's all she wrote. Yep. <laughs> that is all she wrote, right? Yes. And okay, that's the end that of it. And there's just one last little thing. They have some ghost hunts available in November 6th and 7th of this year. I don't know if they're like private or limited numbers or what, but they do say they are um, following COVID regulations. So it's probably going to, is it a private? Does it specify private or public? Um, I don't, not with what I saw. The ones that I have seen that are accept, that are booking have been private. Okay. So like just your group and then everyone has to wear a mask and. I, I'm not, po- the, I'm not positive. Um, but you can go to ghosthuntsusa.com and find out. What state is it in again? Is, Missouri. Uh, Missouri. I don't know how they're doing with that. I was going to say if it's Florida, no, it's probably a free for all. <laughs> yeah, St. Joseph, Missouri. Sorry, Florida. Uh, we have listeners in Florida. Be safe, you guys. Yes. Wear your mask. That was it. That was everything. That was everything. Hey, making good time. Let me blow through mine real quick. I can get through this in less than an hour. Try to make it half an hour. All right. Well, I did. Okay. So, am I recording? Yes, I am. Okay. <laughs> I, hello, I had Death Wish coffee this morning, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so bear with me. I'm so she doesn't know if she's recording or not. <laughs> I'm just, my brain is on a million different uh, channels right now, so um, 
I just uh, uh, bear with me and I apologize for everything in advance. <laughs> everything um so okay so what i did uh i went down the rabbit hole of um our last episode i did uh what did i do fort riley that's what i did <laughs> yeah so uh so i did fort riley and i recounted an, an investigation done by old school paranormal who are um, mm-hmm. based in kansas and uh i went down their rabbit hole yeah. like i mentioned all the videos that they have yeah so i was like oh hello <laughs> what what are you doing over here let me check this out so i went down their list and they have a lot of good stuff so um i just kind of picked one i think <laughs> this one sounds good so i did uh malvern manor in malvern iowa hmm. yeah so um it's a super short history uh it was the fourth structure built in in the town of malvern iowa uh Although we're not sure when that is. So Zillow says that it was built in 1900. Okay. I like to think Zillow's pretty accurate, but uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it says that my parents' house has central air. They don't. <laughs> they ne- have never had air conditioning. So, I, yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. Zillow says it was built in 1900, but... Every other source I saw said late 1800s, mm-hmm. which you might not think that's a huge difference, but the current co-owner, Josh, says 1870s, mm-hmm. and uh, Old School Paranormal said 1885. Okay. So, I don't know what you could difference? pick. <laughs> yeah, I, some, somewhere between 1870 and 1900 hmm. is built. Okay. So, um seems to be the consensus um and it was it was built by captain colors and it was originally a hotel called the cottage hotel and it catered to visitors passing through via the railroad Mm -hmm. um in the 1950s it became an elderly care home Hmm. and in the 70s uh the state came through and said the hallways were too narrow to accommodate um like moving beds Mm mm-hmm for it to be an, an elderly home or nursing yeah. home. So it was converted to a uh, a group, a mental health group home. Hmm. Uh, and they, sometime in the 50s, they added, they put an addition on. So it's one building, but it kind of looks like two different houses. Oh, yeah. I've but seen it, places like that. Yeah. So, like, the old part of it has, like, a flat roof. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of boring. Look, like, it doesn't look like much and then mm-hmm. the other side of it has like a peaked roof and like uh like brick and mm-hmm. i don't know like it's just it's it's a weird contrast it was shut down in it was like totally shut down in 2005 due to the huge with these places mm. code right. violations yeah. abuse neglect whatever whatever funding yeah I mean, we've done enough of these by now. <laughs> they, that's why I was saying before they like follow the pattern. Yeah, that's essentially the history. Uh, also, according to Zillow, the manor features sixteen point seven five bathrooms. So here's we may spend more time on this than the actual story. <laughs> I would like to know how one comes to three quarters of a bathroom. <laughs> 
<laughs> so like a half bath mm-hmm. is a sink and a toilet. Is a three-quarter bath, but just a shower stall? Sink, toilet, shower stall? But that's a full bath. But it's not, there's no tub. It doesn't matter. I don't know. It's still a full bath. It's still considered a full bath, though. I don't know. Is there a bidet in there somewhere? (laughs) Sink, toilet, shower. That's, because that's what I was going to say. It's like, how do you, like, a quarter of a bathroom would be, like, just a toilet. Or just (laughs) Just a sink. sink. Or just a shower. And then a half (laughs) bath is a toilet and a sink. So a three-quarter bath. I mean, I don't, unless they mean, like, there's three one-quarter bathrooms. That doesn't make sense. <laughs> I don't know. Or is there unless, just, like, a shower head sticking out of the wall? Yeah, like, is there, like, a quarter of a bath somewhere and then a half bath somewhere else? And we got to three quarters? I don't know. Somebody weigh in, please. <laughs> uh, uh, seriously, weird. like, social media... <laughs> help <laughs> email like i don't somebody i need opinions on this how the <laughs> fuck <laughs> you make a three-quarter bathroom is that what the title of this episode is what is the three-quarter bath oh my god i completely forgot about making titles shit <laughs> the three-quarter bathroom. that could be it could be our title <laughs> i mean well unless a full bath is a sink a toilet a shower and a tub because then you have four out of four. Mm-hmm. And then that would give you the half of a sink and a toilet. Yeah. But how do you have... Because when I say a shower and a tub, I am picturing a shower stall and, and a separate tub. Okay. Which I know rich mofos have that shit. Yeah. They have like their enclosed glass walk-in shower mm-hmm. next to their soaking jacuzzi hot tub bath. Yeah. Bullshit. Fuck you all. It fits uh, five people. <laughs> I mean, listen, my bathroom looks great now, mm-hmm. but still only fits one person at a time. <laughs> yeah, it's there's not can't do cartwheels and it's a small bathroom. Um even the bigger bathroom I couldn't do that. So yeah. like it literally is like, you know, a bathroom you could play baseball in. I don't <laughs> So anyways, yeah, I don't know. Sixteen and three quarters bathrooms. I don't fucking know. Um <laughs> I should, like, email Zillow and be like, how did you come to this number? <laughs> anyway, that was the history. So, um, as far as deaths, there is one death that I will get into in detail. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's a nursing home. Yeah. Like, deaths abound. I don't have a body count. <laughs> so, I took from two different investigations one was old school paranormal and then mm-hmm. paranormal lockdown was also here in okay. i think 2017 the paranormal lockdown episode is season two episode nine and it's pretty good it was not available on hulu so i had to buy it but it's fine it was like two dollars three dollars i don't know whatever <laughs> i don't regret it is my point all right so anyway so first we'll go with the all the accounts mm-hmm. all the accusations of the things that happen. There are claims of a disembodied voice heard in the hallway, heard in one hallway. So there are two significant hallways. Uh refers to itself as the captain. Yeah. So I mean Oh. Sorry, I'm just thinking of how I met your mother, the captain. I was thinking of Captain Morgan. <laughs> <laughs> Spicer um. Hmm, maybe the captain's the name of this episode. Aye, aye, Captain. The Captain. 
Captain. I, I mean, I feel like I would just walk that home and be like, sup, Cap? <laughs> like, I don't know. He seems like a, anyways, we'll get to him. So, um, it, that's, if you, if you didn't put it together, it's Captain Colors, guy that, that built the house, um, the hotel. So then we have Gracie's room. So Gracie was a, uh, she had multiple personality disorder oh. and today we would call it, uh, dissociative identity disorder. I think we, yeah. we've changed that name. Um, but, uh, and she was also schizophrenic. So, uh, she, if you go into her room, she'll tug on your clothes. If you go to leave, she'll call out, come back. When she lived there, the nurses would hear male voices coming from her room. Mm-hmm. So, of course, they go check, right? Like, pretty sure she shouldn't have had men in her room. And uh, she'd be in there alone. So, at one point, a group of nurses went in and sat with her for an hour. Mm-hmm. Just hanging out, talking to her. They documented 13 different personalities wow. coming from her. So were those male voices her? Was she possessed? Was she, I doubt that. Um, mm-hmm. what, you know, like what's th- that? 13 is a lot. Yeah. That's a lot of personalities. And then we have Inez's room. So in 1901, and this was the, the death that I was talking about that I was okay. going to. Uh, 12-year-old Inez and her brother Otto were playing outside. So in 1901, it still would have been a hotel. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't find a, a reason why two kids would be staying at the hotel by themselves. They were having trouble with their mother. And they weren't with her. They were staying with their aunt and uncle okay. who ended up adopting them. Well, adopting Otto. Because it's mm-hmm. Inez's room. So mm-hmm. there's your hint. So, yeah, they had some kind of family issues going on. They weren't with mom. So they were, but I, I don't know why they were in the two little kids were in the hotel mm-hmm. by themselves, but I don't know, whatever. This is the story I got. So they're playing outside. Ina says she's going to go play upstairs. Otto says, I'm coming right behind you. Mm-hmm. Otto's outside for like another 10 minutes or so. Then he comes up mm-hmm. to like find her and. Goes in her room, can't find her in her room, and opens her closet. And she had, the story is, she hung herself with her jump rope in the closet. And the reasoning is, their mother was going to come pick them up and take them back. Mm. And she did not want to go back with her mother. Okay. Whatever. I don't know what the issues were, mm-hmm. whatever was going on. But it sounded like at the time the aunt and uncle had taken those kids or were in the process of getting the kids and for whatever reason they were in the hotel i don't know it was a officially ruled an accident i don't know how you accidentally hang yourself with a jump rope in a closet but yeah the police came and ruled it an accident so the hallway outside of her room Mm -hmm. and then like i guess in the doorway too well the hallway specifically they'll have the sounds of kids running up and down it like kids playing and uh the doorway to her room, it's like a peekaboo game. Ooh. So, like, somebody will, like, pop their head out mm-hmm. and then go back in and pop their head out, go back. <laughs> There's also a doll in that room. I don't know that it was actually hers or not, mm-hmm. but it's old, and it's in a red dress, and it's a wind-up doll. So when you wind it up, it plays music, and it Ooh. plays, uh, ah, fuck, it's some Christmas song. We wish you a Merry Christmas or something. Uh-huh. Uh... 
That will come up later. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, then the attic. There was a mysterious fire, cause unknown, that left a bunch of fire damage. So, like, the, co- the co-owner, Josh, he's, like, giving the tour, and they go up in the attic, and, like, the ceiling, it's um, your typical, like, A-frame, like, it's the slanted... Mm-hmm. Uh, those parts of the ceiling are, like, black. <laughs> like, while he was giving the tour with a paranormal lockdown, Katrina and Nick, while they're up there, like, he's in the middle of telling the story or whatever, and there's this, like, dragging sound. Hmm. There's this little crawl space that was, like, right near them. Yeah. So, like, the ceiling slants down, and then, like, halfway down, there's, like, little walls. Yeah. And then behind there's the little crawl spaces. hmm So they heard something, like, being dragged, like, through there. So they went and looked, and there's, there's nothing there. Like, there's nobody in there. There was no, no animals or anything in there. They couldn't find anything out of place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was definitely, like, the sound of, like, dragging something heavy. The common claims up there are um, banging and voices. Okay. And then Susie's room. So Susie was uh, all grown up, but mentally she was, like, about eight. Mm-hmm. Uh. And she tends to be interactive. Like, they leave her coloring books and crayons and everything. She tends to interact, be interactive with the coloring books. Um, but she just kind of stays in her room mm-hmm. as opposed to the other spirits who tend to follow people around the house. Hmm. So those are the claims. So now for the investigations. And I'm kind of going to skim because there was a lot. Mm-hmm. This place is pretty active. Um. So I'm going to start with Katrina and Nick's experience. So, you know, paranormal lockdown, they go to a place and they quote unquote lock themselves in for like 72 hours. Mm -hmm. I think I used them for the dandy house. Remember the dandy house? Yes. Um, Way back when. Oh my gosh, that (laughs) feels like so long ago. Um, Yeah, I'm pretty sure I, they did an episode there and I used that for that one. Um, So they brought in this guy, Johnny Hauser. Who lives in, I've talked about him because he lives next door to and has investigated a ton of times the Velisca Axe Murder House. Mm-hmm. When he, so he had previously investigated Malvern and when he did, there's, so there's a shadow hallway. Mm-hmm. So there's the captain's hallway and there's the shadow hallway. So he was in the shadow hallway and a shadow figure, like he was doing his thing and it just like charged at him. Like it oh. just rushed down the hall at him. Uh, so they had him come back. Mm-hmm. Uh, to contribute so we're gonna start out with just nick and katrina they start out in the shadow hallway they set up a laser grid and a camera and then they just kind of leave it Mm -hmm. see what happens i don't think anything really ever came of that then they go into inez's room so outside her room in the hallway nick pulls some of their equipment is like like i've never seen it before but it looks so fascinating but it's Mm kind of like it's all like huge so he pulls out the this huge it's like a speaker looking thing and it's got mm-hmm. these doodads on the top like knobs and okay pointy things and <laughs> like me- sensors i guess um so i don't catch the name of a lot of these things like i rewind i'm like no he didn't say the name of it i don't know what this is um but the doodads on the top so they work together to combine um emf vibration and radio frequency readings. Mm-hmm. And they it kind of puts them all together and modulates them to project an EVP. Okay. So it's essentially like a souped up spirit box. Okay. So he turns it on and says, hello? And immediately the box responds back, hello. Followed by a quieter, I'm here. Hmm. 
Uh, so Katrina asks, where exactly, which room? Like, where are you? Mm-hmm. And then they get, help me. And this thing, the, this thing sounds really fucking trippy. Mm-hmm. It's like, there's like this weird kind of echo. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like you're listening to like the ghost dimension. Like, it sounds <laughs> like it's like tapping into like the dimension next door. It's like mm-hmm. all warbly and like echoey and like. I don't know if that's on purpose or not to like add to the like atmosphere. It's mm-hmm. fucking creepy. Um, so their first night, Katrina sleeps in the shadow hallway on a cot hmm. and Nick sleeps in Gracie's room uh, and he leaves a vibration sensor. So kind of like a, no, not a REM pod, just a vibration sensor. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it goes on the floor. If you walk, it senses yeah. the vibrations through the floor and, and a recorder also. And he just left those on all night. So in theory, the recorder should be mostly quiet, right? Like, unless he's like turning over in bed or whatever, mm-hmm. cause he was laying on this, uh, I don't know, but it was just like a frame, I guess okay. there was no mattress on it, but it's something that like, it was all metal. So like, if he's moving around, it would make noise, but like, you'd hear like the sleeping bag shuffling or the metal squeaking or, mm-hmm. you know. When he plays it back the next morning, there's constant noise, like constant, like it sounds like somebody's like shuffling around in the room. Hmm. And then there's this, it's so weird because it sounds like it starts off quiet and like it gets louder mm-hmm. as it goes. It's kind of, it starts out, there's kind of like, um, not necessarily a growl, but a growl type of noise, like somewhere mm-hmm. in the growling family. And then a really fucking clear Nick, get up. Followed by a god-awful screech. And then, hello, Nick! Like, screaming. It's like screaming into the recorder. Like, it was so eerie how this guy didn't lose his shit. Because, like, listening to that and knowing that it happened, like, two feet from where I was sleeping and I didn't hear a thing, I think I would be a little bit... Mm-hmm. nervous about that and i mean like the noises coming out were oh my god and i mean like literal like screaming hello nick like really trying to get him up mm-hmm. and the fact that it's using his name yeah. already is so they try to recreate it because they're like it's you know when it's like something that's so crazy that it's like no way like mm-hmm. we can recreate this there has to be a way there's no way that it's this so they had they went back in. They had Nick go in. They had him lie down again, and they they set him up with the, this device that measures infrasound. You know, like infrared. Oh, but there's like infrasound. So it's like all like the oh the stuff that you can't hear. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. it like <laughs> I don't know. I found that fascinating. I was like, what you're measuring? What? Um, yeah. I mean, like. You know, you know, it's, you know, there's but it's like a all the static hearing, background yeah. noise that you don't hear. Yeah. That you just like tune out. You don't hear it. Mm-hmm. So they did that and they were unable to recreate any, obviously the voices you're not going to recreate, but mm-hmm. cause those were really clear, but like the screech, maybe something, maybe the bed shifted or something and screeched mm-hmm. across the floor or, you know, like the, the shuffling around, like the background noise, like. Mm-hmm. But they couldn't recreate any of that. And the infrasound, it's like a it's like a screen, so it shows you the okay. the only sounds that showed up were when he was doing EVP, when he was asking questions. It was just his voice. Hmm. So that happened. Inez's hallway. 
that I'm just going to I've I've dubbed it that, but it's the hallway outside of Hines' room. They had a cold spot, followed by a loud thump from one of the rooms as they were discussing trying to figure out where it came from. There was kind of like a scratching, and that led them into the closet in Inez's room. Hmm. So like the scratching kind of started like on the wall near them. Okay. And then as they were like trying to figure out exactly that like led them, like it mm. kept moving and led them in. So it ended up being inside the closet where she mm-hmm. was found hanged. I don't want to say she hung herself because that seems. Yeah. And you don't know. I mean. Odd. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like. a time when she was by herself. Maybe yeah. Not by herself. Well, I feel like there's more to that story. Yeah. So we'll never know. But so they get to the closet and then they're discussing like in the closet, like, you know, what's going on. And then there's a thump from the hallway. So they run back out to the hallway. Nick asks if the captain was there and, you know, give us a sign if you're here. And then there's another loud bang. And then at the exact moment of the bang, because they have a cameraman with them, Rob. Mm-hmm. Rob's camera died. Mm-hmm. Just died. Just completely shut off. Done. As Katrina Katrina points out, like, because that happened. Oh, uh, their, uh, was it infrared? They have a, a light mm-hmm. on the camera, like a, the red light. It had overheated and melted. Oh. And so this stuff all happened, like, when they went out to the hallway following that one thump. And then Nick asked if it was the captain. It was from then on that, like, the loud bang and then the camera and the light melted. And, wow. Like, all that happened, like, at once. The second night they're there, um, they left the EVP stuff out in the attic to see, just let it go. Mm-hmm. And they got Johnny Hauser. He will come back. Okay. That's the guy mm-hmm. that the shadow, <laughs> yep. From Velisca, Yeah. Uh, so they spend the day investigating the attic and they use this, I guess it's also kind of like a spirit box. Um, but it looks like a, like an old timey kind of radio, but it has like a screen Mm -hmm. on the front and then it's got this giant antenna that Mm -hmm. comes up. So kind of like a a spirit box, but, um, more complicated. (laughs) And they kept getting the, like, it just kept saying Inez, Mm. which is not a common name. So, so then as they're setting up in the shadow hallway, Waiting for Johnny to come because he's coming over tonight. Nick starts feeling weird and he's he's standing in the hallway and Contrita's back by like all the monitors. They have that stick figure software. Oh, yeah. So up to this point, they'd been kind of cutting towards to that that screen a couple of times. And every single time it's like the stick figure is perfectly overlaid over the person. Mm-hmm. Like it's that person's like, yeah, it's right there. There's no question. So Nick says he's starting to feel kind of weird and she looks at the stick figure screen and there's Nick Mm -hmm. on the screen with his stick figure. And then like three feet to his right Mm -hmm. is another stick figure. Nice. There's, but there's nobody there, but it's standing there with him and like kind of moving around a little bit. And yeah, that, that, those creep me out. Those things are fucking creepy, man. Like, oh shit, there's, there shouldn't be somebody there. But uh, this thing thinks there is. So then when Johnny does get there, Nick asks if anybody, like the spirits, remember Johnny. And the answer is yes. (laughs) They split off for a bit. They left Johnny in the shadow hallway. And uh, Nick and Katrina went 
over to the captain's hallway and they had like a, a whole half of a conversation kind of like he was answering some questions and not others. Mm. And then uh, while Johnny was alone in, in the shadow hallway, he was poked hard in the back, Ooh. like to the point where he like kind of like jerked forward and turned and was like, what? Mm-hmm. And then later he was like, yeah, I got poked because <laughs> like while you're watching it, it's like you don't know what happened. Mm hmm. But yeah, some somebody poked him in the back. That radio thing was there, so he's like doing EVP. Mm-hmm. And one of the things it says it says Johnny's here, <laughs> like all excited. And then another one says, "Nice to meet you, Johnny." <laughs> yep, getting introduced. <laughs> so that was uh, uh, that was paranormal lockdowns. Uh, investigation and then old school paranormal we had uh, Kevin Steve Scott and John so Kevin and Steve started up in the attic and as soon as they're up there Kevin heard like it wasn't he said it wasn't quite a growl but it was kind of growl-esque like a he describes it as a So I guess like a moan, maybe moan, mutter, grumble, like a zombie moan. (laughs) They left recording equipment up there uh, by itself. And there's continuous noise of shuffling footsteps, just general like people moving around. But nobody was there. Later on, two of the guys couldn't tell who they were because they were far away and it's dark and I couldn't see their faces and they didn't introduce themselves. (laughs) So I'm not sure if it was those two or Scott and John, but two of the guys are up there. They're sitting still. Nobody's moving. It's quiet. And then there are sounds of somebody moving around and their motion detector alarm went off. Oh, Scott and John doing EVP in Gracie's room. And everyone knows how I feel about orbs. Mm-hmm. Right. By now, they're trash. Mm-hmm. Very rarely. I think maybe like twice. I personally have caught one mm-hmm. that I'm like, and like one of them was Rolling Hills, I think. That I was like, oh, that's actually might be an orb. Because most of the time it's bugs or dust. And like bugs you can see with your eyes usually, Mm -hmm. but dust you don't. Yeah. And so then you go and look at the camera later and you're like, oh, look at all these orbs. Like, no, it's the dust motes that you can't see with your eye because they're too small. But they're like right on top of the camera. So they look huge. Yeah. So and these guys kind of have the same philosophy, which I love. Because it irritates me so much to see investigators like, oh, my God, look at all these orbs. Like, no, those aren't orbs. So they have kind of the same philosophy. They also acknowledge that uh, this place is pretty dusty. Mm -hmm. So there's no way to really scientifically say, like, it's not dust. But. (laughs) uh, And you do definitely see dust motes in the video mm-hmm. like and they kind of they it's they're blown around so there's not really like they just kind of zigzag and whatever because they go with the airflow yeah. so it's however the air is flowing the air changes direction they change direction um but in gracie's room there is one that's very different from the rest it's mm-hmm. a little bit bigger it starts out kind of the same like not color because <laughs> yeah. it's not you know yeah um but it rises straight up from the floor. As it rises, it takes on kind of like a glow. Okay. And it gets to maybe around like hip or waist height. Yeah. And then it stops rising and goes like 90 degrees sideways. Wow. And out the door. Or it looks like it goes out the door. The door is like right on the edge of the screen. So okay. it might have gone through the wall. Who knows? <laughs> um, That's 
Interesting. Yeah. Uh, it had, it almost looked like the direction it had to, it almost look intentional. Like yeah. it rose up and then went out the door. Mm-hmm. And it rose up right in front of the bed frame. Okay. So Gracie getting out of bed. Oh. And yeah. going out, you know, like, yeah. ha- like <laughs> the way it just definitely very, very different from the dust that was floating around. Like mm-hmm. you could absolutely tell the difference between them. Uh, oh, and then we have Hank's room. So apparently Hank hates women. Because he's a giant tool bag and also definitely hates when people mess with his personal effects that are left behind. So this place, so when the current owners bought this place, Mm -hmm. they didn't, which on their website. So, um, malvermanor.weebly.com is their website. And one of the owners did a 360 video tour Mm -hmm. through the house, Mm -hmm. which is really cool. So I highly recommend you go watch that too. And like, as he's going, it's a, it's a 360 camera. So you can like pan the screen and mm-hmm. look all around um and he was he talks about how they haven't done any work to the building okay the only thing they did when they bought it was to do basic cleaning like vacuuming mopping mm-hmm. um dusting like basic cleaning but like so many personal effects were left behind from former residents mm-hmm. um and they just left them so like there's dressers full of clothes there's photos there's books there's like a ton of stuff left by former occupants. Okay. Um, so Hank left a dresser of clothes. Hmm. So I guess he especially hates if a woman touches his stuff, but there's no women on this team. So, (laughs) um, next best thing, uh, is, uh, Steve and Kevin, uh, go into his room and one of them couldn't tell who, (laughs) sorry. Uh, it's the night vision. It's, you Mm -hmm. know, you can't tell who's who. Um, but one of them goes into the dresser and starts messing it up, starts pulling clothes out, unfolding them, refolding them, like wrong and shoving them back in. And then he's like taunting this guy the whole time. He's like, mm-hmm. heard you really hate when people touch your stuff. <laughs> like, <laughs> okay. Oh, he says, I heard some women come and wear your clothes. I bet you don't like that much. <laughs> and then they were doing EVP. Not, they weren't using a spirit box. It was like a recording. Mm-hmm. So they did a few more questions. They went back and listened to the, what they had recorded and, they got to that question and then they <laughs> there's a voice mm-hmm. that they didn't hear at the time <laughs> that says true <laughs> in Inez's room they're trying to get to do uh they're trying to do EVP they're not really getting much interaction until is your brother's name Otto and then that wind up doll mm-hmm. that I talked about before they had moved her to the floor okay and she just randomly like plays a bar of music it's like a couple of notes but nobody's near her Mm -hmm. she's sitting propped up against the wall she's been there for a few minutes at least Mm -hmm. and she just they ask is your brother's name Otto?" and then it's like ding 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 like Mm -hmm. yeah um so that was creepy and then and then somebody's they had a rem pod set up somebody started playing with a rem pod so it was like they walked up to it so it was going nuts it was like and then they're like okay great can you step away now and it kept going. Like, okay, that's good. Can you step away? Please, Inez, can you step away now? Mm-hmm. So it stopped. <laughs> and then they go, thank you. And then it goes, beep. And then it's like, no. And then it stops. And, then, beep. and they're like, stop it. And it just stops. So she's like playing with them. <laughs> <laughs> it was cute. There's an- So the last one is, there's another room. Uh, I guess it was the captain's room. Uh, it wasn't covered in any of the tours. Mm-hmm. Um, but... 
Neil walks in. Oh, Neil is with them too. I left him out at the beginning because I think I didn't realize he was with them. Uh, Neil walks in and asks, he checks with the captain to make sure it's okay that he's in there. So I don't know if that's actually his room or it's just because he hangs out in the hallway outside. Like, mm-hmm. do you mind if I go in this room? Um, so he goes in because he, he's going to have a nap. So he lays down. There's a bed in there. And he lays down. And there's a camera in there, too. So he naps for about 15 minutes. And then you hear the footsteps don't wake him up, but you can hear, like, heavy footsteps. Mm-hmm. And then what does wake him up is the screeching of furniture moving in a room nearby. Hmm. It's like you can, it sounds like somebody's moving like a, a table or a sofa or something. <laughs> uh, so that was it. Uh, the, what I talked about the 360 video tour on their website. This house is like a maze, like a fucking maze. Mm-hmm. It's like, uh, there's just, there's a lot of turns. And then something really cool is you can still see the outline in the floor where the nurse's station had been set up. <laughs> so, like, you know how they have that, like, yeah. half-wall countertop thing? So they took that out, but there's still uh, the line yeah. where it was. That's kind of funny. And then all the the other... I talked about all this stuff already. Uh, side note, um, there's this creepy thing in the attic. So it's probably... I think it's probably, like, an old chimney or something. Mm-hmm. But it's right at the top of the stairs. It looks like it was cut off from the ceiling. Mm-hmm. But it looks like in my attic, I have those, the chimneys go through the attic. So yeah. it's like a cement square thing. Yeah. That's what this looks like. But it looks like it was cut at some point. So it's maybe like six or seven or so feet high. Mm-hmm. But it's covered in a sheet or oh. drop cloth or something. And it's right at the top of the stairs. <laughs> so when the guy was, the first thing I watched for this one was the video tour on the place's website and he's coming up the stairs and he doesn't even say anything about it (laughs) so the first thing i see i the camera tops that top step and the first thing i see is this fucking drop cloth that's just like floating there (laughs) that's like the height of a person so (laughs) i'm like i screamed (laughs) oh my god like i wasn't expecting that yeah and then no one ever acknowledged it i think one of the guys during the investigation was like What's this? This is weird. That was it. Nobody, like, no one even picked it up to look what was under. And then there's, like, a pile of, like, rubble around it. I don't, it's so weird. Anyway, oldschoolparanormal.com, malvernmanor.weebly.com, and Paranormal Lockdown. Those were my sources. Uh, And that was Malvern Manor in Malvern, Iowa. Oh, and uh, I almost forgot they are offering uh, overnight investigations. I looked at their calendar and they're, I mean, it's Halloween, so mm-hmm. they're full. <laughs> they're pretty full, but um, they're taking bookings. Okay. Uh, just keep in mind if you're going to go, it's still a pandemic. Yes. And numbers are horridly out of control here in the United States. So. If you're going to go, just be safe and healthy and careful and take precautions. Wash your hands, bring sanitizer, wear your mask. Yeah. All that stuff. Uh, And then I'm pretty sure they're just all private hunts. Mm -hmm. Um, It looked like they were all just private groups. So, Um, but you can do that through their website. Cool. That's it. So that's episode 52 in the books. Thanks for potting with us. Wash your hands.
Wear a mask. Don't be stupid. Believe in science. Ghost science?